Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, also known as the Soaring Eagles of Freedom, for Tuesday, August 14th, 2018. My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can go to facebook.com slash profanearg and post your thoughts or a link that you'd like us to take a look at. This week... We will be talking, I'm sure, about Amorosa and Manafort and Manafort's defense. <laughs> but first, uh, I wanted to hit the very the big news. Uh, I have it as a follow-up. The Pennsylvania report on Catholic Church pedophilia, the priests who have, what is it, more than 300 priests who have well more than 1,000 victims across the state in six dioceses, but... It's not really that limited. These six dioceses pretty much covered the state, except for Philadelphia. Where right, and already... they were already exposed. Right. Exactly, exactly. And the Altoona diocese was already exposed. and those were Right, the right. Altoona Johnstown was. Right. And the Philly was. Those are the two that are missing from this report. Right. So this is all the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a, uh, if you had the chance to watch the Pennsylvania Attorney General Shapiro talk about it today in his uh, news conference i guess it was uh it's not a fun listen or watch he does go into quite a bit of detail there were victims and uh members of, of victims families on the stage with him and he does not hold anything back he basically says i'm not going to refer to this in the same way that the catholic church has referred to it as being horseplay or you know, the the other words that they the joking around. He's like, that's not what happened. This was rape. And he is really point blank about it. He seems angry. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Yeah. But there were a couple details that I didn't know and we hadn't mentioned on the show before that I thought were worth bringing up. One was that the grand jury actually subpoenaed documents from the different dioceses and they went in and got documents that were they were secret Catholic documents. Apparently, some of the dioceses had fully documented all of the different cases and had asked superiors what to do about them. So that was all subpoenaed. So there were a lot of, and he kept referring to them as secret documents that the diocese had that uh, went even so far as to go all the way to the Vatican. Did Amorosa have them on tape as well? <laughs> <laughs> Not this. All right. Yeah. Although if you ask her, she might yeah. say. Oh, I got did. that tape too. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. We all knew they knew. That's been a, a continual thing. But to have it, you know, they knew and they knew the details, and they asked their superiors, gave the superiors the details. It's on paper, and then they decided no, we're going to um, ignore that that happened and move them to a different parish. Or in some cases, not even move them. Sure. Give them a, you know, leave without pay for a little bit and bring them right back in. Mm. And not tell anyone in the congregation. They're also, there's, they're, they had evidence, specific evidence, that some of the victims, again, this was not just victims' stories. Mm. This is substantiated by documentation that was put together by the priests, the people who covered up, the priests, the, the bishops, cardinals, who covered up specific stuff. There is actually not nearly as much redacted as I had expected. Yeah, the only ones redacted seem to be ones that are pending litigation. Right. And there's so there's information in there not only of, of 
the different people in the Catholic Church covering it up. But when people would go to, when victims or their families would go to the police, there mm -hmm. were instances where the police would say, I don't want to hear this. Go, you need to go talk to, uh, go to confession. <laughs> the police are saying this. Yeah. Yes. Why would they um, do that? Because they're Catholics. But they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. What, at what point are you just like, oh, I don't care about that kid. I got to protect my, my stupid ass religion. Yeah. People do it every Which is single molesting day. kids. So, I mean, it's kind of like a vicious <laughs> circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's completely disgusting. At that point, who do you go to? Mm -hmm. If you can't go to your priest, you can't go to the police. I mean, there's, there's really nothing to do. I mean, I can see why the, a lot of these stories were, you know, completely secret for so long. Yeah. The, po the police thing boggles my mind, though. Like, what are they getting out of protecting the church? I, I think it's more along the lines of what the, what the one guy said was, I can't hear this from you. I need you to leave the station. And I think it was he was Catholic and he just could not he couldn't process the idea of somebody accusing his priest of doing something. Right. But and he's going to go to church the next day. Knowing what and he knows and it. just ignore it. I mean, I, 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 I mean, and he's not benefiting by it. He could, they could, he could be like, well, I'll just need a new priest. This one's a scumbag. Cognitive dissonance. The same cognitive dissonance that allows you to believe religion allows you to ignore other facts. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and the the level of organization to this was something that that just. I mean, it killed me when I was listening to the attorney general talk about it today. The especially when it comes to uh, the the Pittsburgh diocese, mm. there were multiple priests at one time who there was a uh, just the one story was they took the kid in, they said that they the, into a room and they had him stand on a bed and they talked him into doing like a Jesus Christ pose because they wanted to that their story was they wanted to make some sort of something for an event coming up and they wanted a young person to pose as Jesus. And then they talked him into taking his shirt off and his pants off and getting him naked. And then they started taking pictures and they shared these pictures. So child pornography. And it, there were three priests doing this. There were three priests in the room at the time. And then it went on to describe how that it was so organized that some of the boys, they were the, the favored boys, altar boys would receive gifts gold cross necklaces and that they would give these necklaces to their favorite boys so that they could identify them as being already groomed so that other wow. priests could recognize that they didn't have to, you know, start from scratch. Huh. So yeah. this isn't just like a lone guy in a small town. This is an organized thing between more than one priest. Right. Uh, that, that, exactly. that they had to put that not they had to add time saving measures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like just to to We're doing this so much we it's might horrifying forget. on so many levels. Yeah, because when, when when Ray started, I thought it was just gonna be like a horrifying version of like when you stay uh at, at an all inclusive resort. In, in one of the uh, Caribbean islands, and they give you a little necklace to let all the other vendors know that here's one of the tourists. Please gouge them. Right. <laughs> like, like this is like a horrifying version of that. And then before that, it was like the, the three priests together, like, man, this raping thing is so old. We got to spice it up, guys. How about all at once and pictures? I'm like, you guys are monsters. Yeah. yeah. So, one of the victims like, was actually at the... Um, 
the press conference and he, he had his gold cross with him or, or he had his cross and it was uh, shown to the grand jury. So this guy still has it. God, how do you keep that? Ah. <laughs> Some kind it, of proof? Yeah, Like you put it in an evidence box or something. Yeah. Um, one family had eight girls. Five of the eight girls were abused by the same priest. I mean, it, it's just horrific. And when she went to the higher up priest, I don't know, the, the bishop or whatever, to say something about it. I think this was the same family. Mm-hmm. She went to the higher up priest and said, hey, this is going on. My do- I've asked my daughters about this. This is going on between all of them. And his response was, I was wondering why you were letting them go to the rectory so often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rectory is where the priest lives. Because it's their fault. Right. Why were you letting your daughters go to the rectory so often? That was just, you know, you're just asking for it at that point. I'm so curious how three priests get on the same page on this. Yeah, how do you broach the subject? Yeah, like, which one of them was the first to break and be like, hey, are you fucking any of the kids? Because I totally am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, that's a dangerous gamble. And then the final third would be like, yo, I totally am. And so is Joe over there. (laughs) And I got a great idea for the three of us. That's crazy. That is fucking insane. Yeah. Well, apparently, if you broach the topic and uh, with someone who is not on board, they just keep their mouth shut anyway. Oh, so so you can't just bring it up to anybody. (laughs) Right. Right. So why not risk it? Yeah. Nothing's going to happen to you. Oh, maybe I'll move to a better town. Yeah, odds are you might get um, some paid time off and go to counseling. I'm using air quotes, but <laughs> this just throws everything about religion out the window. You know that, right? Yes. And from the cops to to everybody who's just like, I don't want to hear about this. You are so full of shit right. well, in your whole, religion. The whole cop thing. Remember that happened in the Altoona Johnstown diocese too. Well, I no. don't know if it was the police or the sheriff, whatever it was. It was the local law enforcement were complicit as well. Some of this goes, not to excuse it, but some of this goes back to the, I think, what was the earliest? Like the 1940s or something? Yeah, 47, I think, was the earliest reported. All right. But the the towns that we're looking at, like the towns we live in, well, not we, not right now because we're not in one of these dioceses, but towns that I've lived in in the past, was I there then? Oh, crap. I think I was a bridesmaid in a wedding when that priest was the officiant in that church. Well, crap. So this is current as well. Well, not that that was current, but you get what I mean. <laughs> well, we yes. found that there was one in my town when I was around six years old, and I was going to that church for various different things. Right. Jew in a Catholic church? How odd. Well, I told you how I got through, got thrown right. out of that Christmas party, so. <laughs> right. Yep. There's one story in here about a priest who was, he was a priest for 45 years, in 30, including 35 in the Diocese of Allentown. During his ministry, he raped scores of children, dozens of children. And uh, in 2002, he was arrested in Texas, where he had continued his ministry. Uh, he died of injuries from an accident while in a Texas prison awaiting trial. Mm. Mm. I'm sure. Yes, accident. But a I lot of like, the... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I said, I feel like we've explored this before, but how how does an organization, again, like the Catholic Church, become so pedophile heavy? Like... Like, I just don't understand that either. Cause or effect, yeah. Yeah, that is that is what I'm wondering. Like, I'm a pedophile, I should probably become a priest? Or, since becoming a priest, now I'm a pedophile? It has to be, it has to be A. Probably a little of both. No, it has to be A, because... It has to be A. 
Because I've gone a year without having sex, and my first thought isn't, well, I should probably start screwing kids. Good point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Good point. I mean, granted, I'm not locked into a situation where I can't, but also, I mean, listen, if a priest really wanted to have sex with a woman, he could easily take off that collar at night and drive to a different town, you know, and meet a girl or buy a hooker or whatever, and nobody would know. Right. So Absolutely. it's got to be A. Yeah. Yeah. Which means, I mean, you go into the priesthood typically when you're you know, late teens, early 20s, which means that you have had, you considered the possibility and the options, and you've decided that this is the way you're going to go. Or is it just a continuation of abuse? They say that, you know, victims of abuse are often abusers. So were they abused as children? And I'm sure some saw, of them were. Yeah. So the place that they saw that they could continue the normality of their childhood is in the priesthood. Maybe. Likely. Likely. Mm. I'm sure that's a good portion of it. A good portion. I mean, listen, you've got to be meticulous and patient to go, I mean, in your head and obviously not out loud, that I am a pedophile and that doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. And I'm going to go to seminary. I'm going to do all this schooling. I'm going to go through the whole process to be a priest, establish myself in the community, become trusted. So one day later on, I could grab two other priests (laughs) and, you know, like. That's a lot of patience, but I'm sure that's it too. But probably it's probably fifty fifty, you know. For, no, it's it's mostly that. I mean, sex is a pretty big motivator. It mm. is, but that is like crazy planning. Well, I mean, Years if of you planning. find yourself, yeah, I was gonna say if you find yourself in a in a situation where you realize that the only form of sexual gratification that you you know can have is with a child, and there's no outlet for that. Your option is to never have sexual gratification or come up with a brilliant plan, and it looks like most of them went with B. A, a few so you say not all of them can eat Subway sandwiches and lose weight and become a spokesperson. And <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what Jared said earlier. I, I just don't understand how it goes from I can't have sex to I need to have sex with kids. That, right. Right. That's. I mean, the, yeah. Now, they're the most vulnerable – so maybe that leads into it some, but I, I, again, I don't, I think kids are gross and I don't want to be around them. So I can't comprehend going that direction. Well, it's yeah. not even, it's not even for a person who doesn't have that sickness in them. It's not a logical leap at all. Right. You exactly. Know. In yeah. any case, uh, does anybody have, I don't want to move on off of this if, if you have something else you want to say, but. I'm thoroughly disgusted, so. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. All right. Then I am going to move on to follow up on some other stories. So first, uh, the Friendly Atheist has put on on his page that about the religious task force the Sessions put up. Unfortunately, his article, what it basically says is, we don't know anything. And it details why that is really scary. A task force that has no... Specific agenda has very few people involved, but has a very broad depth of what they might be able to do. It's the faith militant. Uh, mm. They're carving crosses in their foreheads. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Would you be shocked by that? (laughs) Well, I I mean, we we suspect we know what they're doing, but you're right. We don't know. Yeah. 
So in any case, there's not much to this story because we still don't know what exactly they're <laughs> going to be doing. But again, the fact that they are able to have some sort of influence, and it is specifically Christian influence. There, there are a lot of uh, Muslims who are concerned, Muslim groups that are very concerned about what's going on here as well. So, As they should be. Yeah. I mean, as a white, um, I could pass as a, as a Christian. I'm worried, but... Yeah, if you can't pass as a white Christian, you should really be concerned. Hmm. Yeah, because this is the Department of Justice. Yeah. These are the people that... And this is the committee that helps attorney generals around the country decide whether a case is worth pursuing or not and pushes them to pursue certain types of cases. And I wonder what side they will fall on. Curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing that I have a follow-up on, uh, we talked about this coach... We talked, I know we talked about it before. It's in Bremerton High School. He was a football coach who would constantly pray with his, uh, with his football team. Just this week on Fox News, uh, they had a, a friend of his come on to Fox News and say that not only should he be reinstated as coach, but the lack of prayer in schools is what causes school shootings. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so. And, of course, this was uh, Ducey that was interviewing him, so it was a brilliant conversation. I hate Steve Ducey. Don't you just want to punch him in the face? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ducey went on to – he was talking to him, and he said that, uh, you know, you talk about two families who had asked that uh, their sons not be taken to church, that their football coach not take their kids to church without their permission. I don't think that's going too far. But, no, um, I don't think so. <laughs> Ducey said that there's going to be somebody who objects to it no matter what. So going forward, uh, the coach might get his job back, but if he does this again, he's going to get into more trouble. Probably one of the smartest things that Ducey has ever said, because mm -hmm. yeah, he will. Uh, but the guy responded that, I believe I'd rather be on the right side, and to me, that's God's side. Does he take the Jewish kids to church, too? <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is that in this case, he was taking uh, the entire team and praying with the team on the field. And, you know, if some of the members of the football team or if it's the entire football team wants to have a, a prayer before they go on the field, whatever. But the coach can't do it. Right. You know, but, this isn't 1955 anymore where right. the football coach is the moral center of, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the town. Like, this is crazy, dude. Do football and that's all you're supposed to do. If you have a problem, you don't go to the coach. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. We went to a baseball game on Thursday. And I turned around at one point before the game started. And I noticed that a subset of the baseball team was praying on the field. And the other ones were off to the side kind of looking at them, kicking the bat, kicking the, a bat around. I'm like, <laughs> some of them, sure. That reminds but, me. I wanted to ask, because you guys went to a baseball game, all of you, a few weeks ago, right? Correct. Correct. And um, and obviously, you just went to one more recently. Is there any kind of uh, nervous energy in the air when the anthem plays? You know, I'm not really sure. I was I was in the wrong spot to actually like be looking around at the time um, during the, the local baseball game. Mm -hmm. So I, I I don't know. A little bit yeah. though, yeah. You, you you kind of feel like are people checking to make sure that you're. Doing everything right, right? Do you guys I will, stay? I assume you all stood. I, I put my knee on the picnic table. Does that count? 
No, if it looked like you were standing, no, I don't think that counts. Okay. <laughs> I was in line for hot oh, right. chicken tacos, <laughs> so I just looked at my tacos. <laughs> Thought about how delicious they would be if she ever handed them to me. But yes, to answer your question, is there a certain amount of nervousness? Yeah, because you know there are some douchebags in that place that are watching out for the people that are not. Making sure no one's taking a knee. Yeah. Wearing a, wearing a hat, hand on heart, all that right. shit. Making sure they're being patriotic sufficiently. I must actively avoid places where the anthem is played because I can't tell you the last time I was in a situation where it played and I had to move <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> And I'm not opposed to if people want to, you know, put their hand on their heart, salute, whatever they want to do. I just don't feel like it should be enforced. <laughs> Certain things should be enforced. If you're a civilian, don't salute. Sure. What if you're ex-military? Can you salute then? No, because you would know better. Okay. Because there were pe- people saluting there. I did notice that because I looked around. <laughs> oh, I'm sure a lot of civilians salute. Yeah, probably. Why is it, why is that bad though? Is it like because people it's, don't it's know how to salute? If you have it. Do I know how to salute? Is that what you asked me? Do I know how to salute? No, I'm saying people, generally people don't know how to salute unless they were, are, you know, previously military. They're, they're going to salute in some odd way. And it's just, I mean, I know they're throwing respect. So it's, you know, it's the meaning that it's the thought behind it that counts, which is why kneeling is okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it, as ex-military, it annoys me. Not enough that I would say anything. But you wouldn't tackle a guy and be like, you're disrespecting me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for for a few different reasons. <laughs> I don't care that much. I don't think the flag as yeah, the flag is a symbol, but it doesn't it's not sacred. Mm. It doesn't garner that level of respect. Respect. Yes, but not it's not sacred. It's not holy. Nothing is holy. It, it is not to be worshipped. It is to be respected. Right. Exactly. On another side note, before we move on, since we brought up Fox News, and mm. we may have talked about this before, but did you guys know that Kennedy is a, like, pundit on Fox News? What, Remember Kennedy? Kennedy, the VJ from 120 Minutes on MTV? Oh. What? Yeah. Oh, my God, you're blowing my mind. First, I thought you were just going to say John <laughs> F. Kennedy Jr., and I'd be like, we all know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Q, listen, Q is undercover, all right? Don't worry. <laughs> He's not making his appearance yet. MTV VJ Kennedy is a pundit on Fox News? She's got she has to be because somebody posted something on Facebook and was like, I love this Kennedy, and it was a Fox News clip. Hold on, I'm looking it up real quick. <laughs> Just in case I'm not wrong. So if you type in MTV Kennedy, it it uh, fills it in Fox News. Yep, the host of Kennedy on Fox Business Network. Ah, uh, business network. That's just the same. They barely talk about sure. business on that. Yeah. Is that not shocking? Well, it I'm is. shocked. Yes. Huh. Ian, Ian was clearly shocked by the sound he made. <laughs> I mean, I, I realize, you know, she can't be a VJ forever and she's got to keep working, but. Wow. So Wikipedia that's... tells me she has a pink Republican elephant tattooed on her upper left thigh. What? <laughs> Let uh, that sink this, in. This, you know what? She must have gone down the road of Dennis Miller. Something happened at 9-11 and, and scared her. <laughs> She is a supporter of same-sex marriage along with privatized Social Security. What weird combo of things. Opposes the war on drugs and bureaucratic regulation. Critical of neoconservatism. Okay. What is she doing on Fox again? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Libertarian, registered Republican. A woman who's a, you know, well-spoken who apparently can, is willing to go on Fox. And not just a bobblehead. Yeah. The the blonde, the blonde bobbleheads that they have. (laughs) Which are nearly interchangeable. 
Yeah, maybe really she's are. doing good work at Fox. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious now. I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research. <laughs> I mean, she, yeah, she's. I mean, I, I I am on board with some of the things she believes in. Obviously, the the tattoo blows my mind. But <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna move on to a few other things. A follow up on the In God We Trust in Tennessee. There's a group, the Tallahassee Atheists, who have responded to the new law that says you have to put In God We Trust on all the different schools. They, at a minimum, I don't know if they've done more at this point, but at a minimum, they put out a statement, wrote a letter uh, to their to the government, uh, local government, saying that they fundamentally oppose the religious encroachment on our public schools. And it goes on for a little bit. I also wanted to mention in Tennessee regarding that exact same law, there are parents of students who are pushing back as well, being rather vocal, contacting their local news stations, contacting their uh, local government officials, and saying, why are we forcing schools to waste money that they mm. don't have much of to put up plaques in prominent areas in school? But the one, the one person said, yeah, we know that's the motto. Why, why do we need to put it anywhere? <laughs> so it's not even that they're atheists or secularists. It's just stop wasting the money. They don't have much. And did we talk about in Florida that uh, the governor signed the, the law in Florida for In God We Trust in all the schools? That went through a couple of days ago as well. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, that just happened, right? Yeah, yeah it just happened. So, so Florida is another one. Yep. There's actually, uh, there's an article that I will have linked that's from the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which has Project Blitz targeting schools in nine states. Uh, Utah, I don't have the list, so I'm going off the shape of the states. Utah, <laughs> Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Tennessee, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. What? Yep. Pennsylvania. How do we never get out of this crazy shit? <laughs> <laughs> so in 2016 in Pennsylvania, it, there was a, it wasn't really, it was a law, but it didn't really do much. It encouraged the posting of the motto at the behest of the sponsor, Rick Saccone. Rick Saccone, Rick who was recently defeated uh, in a special election the this race. year. Yes. Yeah. However, it passed. So the law is in place. And it, it really just encourages schools <laughs> to put up in God we trust in buildings. But uh, but the schools can go, mm, no, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I think it's along the lines of the, it asks people to donate it. It doesn't force the school to use money for it. But if something is donated, they're I don't know if they're required to put it up, but they're supposed to put it up. I don't know. I don't <laughs> have the law in front of me. Actually, I now have the law in front of me, but it's multiple pages long, and I'm not going through it. <laughs> so if you want to look at the law, it, there's a link in the uh, in the article. Perhaps one of our listeners that has children in school currently might be interested in doing some research in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> but since we don't have the time, i move on to a town that we had mentioned previously in Michigan, the Bayview I think it's I think Bayview is the name of the town. I'm not sure, but the Bayview Association of the United Methodist Church in Michigan. So they have a a village there that is only, well, the way it originally said was that the only people who could buy property or lease property in the village had to be white and Christian. <laughs> now, that was, didn't last very long. That was in 1942. <laughs> that so. was in 42. Not to, not to excuse it, but it was a long time ago. 
1952, they dropped the white requirement. So now uh, you, have to, <laughs> you have to be Christian in order to buy or lease property uh, in that area. And as of a lawsuit that was filed last year, actually, I think we talked about this last Mm, I don't know. Sounds familiar. In any case, a ways back. In May, uh, the federal official from the Department of Housing and Urban Development announced that the association has not met the burden to prove it is exempt from the Federal Fair Housing Act. So even though they claim that they have religion, so they get to get away with it, they, they were ruled against. Oh, good. So, I, I but... Go ahead. I'm personally in, in, intrigued by the one clause about the Christians, though. There was a 10% quota on a maximum number of Catholics. So only no more than 10% Catholic, because it's just too much. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go on. <laughs> There's also, uh, and this is something that still needs to be addressed, the, uh, the membership, there are nine members of the resort's ruling board. Five of the nine must be Methodists according to their bylaws. <laughs> and that wasn't ruled on. So the Methodists are still in charge, being five of nine. <laughs> but um, so it's probably going to continue to be an ongoing thing. But so far, they've been slowly getting taken down. Can, can you just not be horrible human beings? How about that? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Could you try just a little? You know all of the bits and pieces in your, in, in your you know, bylaws need to be taken out. Just take them out. We're going to nibble away at them one at a time. It's only going to cost both of us money. Just do it. <laughs> so I have a question. I'm not really familiar with it. Do you are, Do you guys, are you familiar at all with PragerU? Oh, my God. I must have brought this up a million times on this show, didn't I? <laughs> Probably not a million. I might remember a million. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I've talked about PragerU quite a I brought it up on here, uh, which I, is well, either I've a university. It. It's not a university. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, this sounds familiar now. This is where all these shitbag, like, I used to be part of the left walk away. People went, Dave Rubin, Candace Owens is on here, Ben Shapiro, David Crowder, all the Legion of Doom post video, do videos <laughs> for PragerU. So apparently, well, and I've, I've researched a little bit, they, they make like five minute videos. They can be a little longer, a little shorter. But they have these short videos on YouTube hosted under PragerU that are all right-wing ideas, and they all try to give really short synopsis of why you should think certain ways. Mm. For the record, PragerU is funded by Turning Point, which is Charlie – I don't know if you know who Charlie Kirk is. Mm. Only uh, vaguely. He's another one of those Ben Shapiro-type guys, but uh, he's been – he works very closely with Candace Owens. And Turning Point is funded by the Koch brothers. So just ah. leave that. <laughs> okay. So some of the videos that are listed in here. By the way, the reason I bring it up, the Southern Poverty Law Center has now listed PragerU as uh, a hate group because of their completely bigoted ideas that have been posted. Some of the recent ones, uh, there's a video on playing the black card. Mm-hmm. Uh, the su <laughs> There's a video on the suicide of Europe, which is an anti-immigrant uh, video on how Europe is committing suicide by letting people in, <laughs> uh, specifically brown people. Are police racist, where the uh, Heather McDonald explains how police are not racist in any way. <laughs> uh, a video uh, on blacks in power, don't empower blacks. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and one of my favorite, Dinesh D'Souza, 
Is mm-hmm. faci- fascism right or left? <laughs> Let me guess. Yeah. Left. Mm. <laughs> wow. That's what all these people do. All the names listed here, right? Try to convince people or try to or feed more air to into the bubble of morons who believe this that f- left people, liberals, progressive, that we are the fascist and that they are not. Well, they make the leap from, you know, democratic socialist to socialist to fascist awfully damn quickly. Oh, it's not even a leap. They're just no. bullshitting. They don't even no. believe it. Fucking Dave Rubin, Candace Owens, they were liberals before. And then then you throw a little money in their face and like, oh, hashtag walk away. Mm. Got it. All right. Dave Rubin, the biggest fucking scumbag of all of them. Well... God damn! I don't know. Each one of them yeah. always reaches. They all reach the top of the list someday. I'm like, wow, that's a big statement. Cause- I really hate Dave Rubin a lot because he lies a lot and he can't argue his way out of a fucking paper bag unless he has talking points. Mm. So- I also hate Jordan Peterson a lot. <laughs> I hate Candace Owens a lot. What was the? I don't. I don't know if we have this on the list. But speaking of you know five minute soliloquies about how. America has changed. What about that Fox News star that went on a five-minute thing about how the, you know not everybody likes the, the the changes that are coming to America? Laura Ingram. Oh, Laura Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> it's not what she meant. She, she said a lot of people don't like the the changing culture of America. What, the demographics. The, changing demographics of America. What possibly else could she mean? Other than the, it's not as white as it used to be. <laughs> That's it. And the fact that she- interesting thing about Laurie Ingram, mm. she has two or three adopted kids from like Guatemala and some other countries. Really? Yeah. That is wave a little money in their face. You'll even sell out your own adopted children. Wow, That's amazing. Yeah, she, when it was it was functionally a white supremacist speech in in hidden language. And, you know, these PragerU things, I'm sure, are well-spoken and talking points about how to debate by cheating. Well, Function- this thing with, with uh, PragerU, have you guys heard the term intellectual dark web? Yeah. Yeah. That's where all these people come from. They mm. all claim they're on the intellectual dark web. What? You've never heard that term? I've never heard. I've never heard the term dark web outside of... Child porn phony and get refer- drugs. No, <laughs> Fo- phony references to the dark web as to if you get this service, we'll scan the dark web for your oh. identity and erase it. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? You talk about it like it's like a legitimate location that you can visit. Mm. And then, like this scan somehow can sneak into the dark web and erase it. And I get outraged and I'm like, the dark web, come on. <laughs> you have to dial The it. dark web is the web. <laughs> But you have to, you know, not use Google. You have to use Bing so nobody ever finds it. <laughs> I use Nexus Lexus. <laughs> yeah, Dave Rubin refers to himself as a classical liberal. Uh, what's her name? Candace Owens. A lot of, you'll hear a lot of this uh, red pill, black pill, blue, blue pill shit. You know, like, mm, oh, I was sure. a liberal and then I, I, I took the new pill and I changed my ways. And PragerU is when these videos come out, they look very professional and they're very slick. And these people are reasonably intelligent that they sound like, you know, like they know what they're talking about. And, of course, mouth breathers eat it up and be like, well, it's not PragerU. I mean, it's a university, right? (laughs) Except, no, it is definitely not. Yeah, Dennis Dennis Prager is an asshole himself. (laughs) Trump University was more of a university. Yeah. 
oh, I hate these people so much. <laughs> well, so does the Southern Poverty Law Center now. So, Well, so, damn it, where were they six months ago when I was talking about this? <laughs> so when did Laura Ingram start working for Fox News? I'm curious. I have no idea. I think when Megyn Kelly left, right? Roughly around then. Huh. Oh. She was a... Laura Ingram uh, was, I know, a talk sense. show... Uh, Republican talk show host or conservative talk show host for a long time. Yeah, she was radio, wasn't she? Yeah, and she was mean. She was a mean lady. She was also a Supreme Court Justice Clarence. She was a judicial clerk for Clarence Thomas, so she's been doing this for a while. So she hmm. has three adopted children, actually. Um, she's single, never been married. Three adopted children. First one from Guatemala. The other two boys, both from Russia. Mm. Not, not Guatemala. It's interesting. And from what I learned from Bill Maher is that Russia loves being white. <laughs> yes, very much so. They don't allow a lot of uh, immigration into Russia. Not that anybody want to go there, but still. Hmm. So hmm. speaking of adopted children, that leads me into the next story. Hmm. Uh, Mike Kelly, who is representative down near Philadelphia or maybe in Philadelphia, I guess. He's said some crazy things in the past. He's linked the Affordable Care Act to the attack to, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh -huh. um, he says that a President Obama is running a deep state shadow government, <laughs> and he calls uh, what the EA, EPA does uh, their emissions rules terrorism. Is he Q? <laughs> <laughs> that just gives you an idea of where he's coming from. But more recently, he has said that the that Philadelphia requiring uh, adoption agencies to adhere to non-discrimination policies is uh, anti-religious. And he, he says that the, their policy of non-discrimination is it's ripping families apart. Mm, what? I don't I don't know. I was hoping somebody could explain that to me because they're not I even a family if, yet. <laughs> he references he references that uh, a couple of times he referenced the uh, Supreme Court's ruling on the Masterpiece Cake Shop and how the, the, the judicial branch need to keep that in mind when they're looking at the cases in Philadelphia and that the, the cases in Philadelphia where the basically you have these adoption agencies that are religious and they're saying that we will not allow LGBTQ parents to adopt children. And if the law forces them to do that, that that is tearing apart America. And I, the part I don't get is ripping families apart. I so don't know where you make families. that leap. Well, is That part was weird. The first part was 100% true. <laughs> because there is nothing more religious than discrimination. So forcing them not to discriminate is absolutely anti-religious. Good <laughs> argument. All right. I'm on board. <laughs> and separating families means that you are taking Christians out of the Christian family. And making them non-Christians, because obviously LGBTQ community people are not Christians, duh. So you're removing Christians from the Christian family. That would be my guess is what he's talking about. I suppose. It's it's a stretch and hyperbole, even when you look at it from that, from that lens. He is the king of hyperbole. <laughs> he is a, amazing. Yeah. Mike Kelly, <laughs> if, you, if you get a chance to vote against this guy, you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> Fearmonger's word salad. <laughs> <laughs> another another state politician, Goodlatte, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He really grilled Stroke, the the guy, the FBI guy who was just fired. Um, yes. Bob Goodlatte was the chairperson 
or at least served as some part in the in the grilling of him when uh, when they questioned him on the hill. And uh, I thought this was amusing. His son has come out and said that he was embarrassed by his father's attack on the FBI agent, Agent Strzok, and uh, has since tweeted that he gave the maximum allowed donation to Jennifer Lewis, a Democrat running for his father's congressional seat. Wow. So, good job. You have totally (laughs) made an enemy of your son. (laughs) He, he is now vocal against his father and saying that he's he's embarrassed by him and he's giving his as her, yeah his opponent money so and not just giving money but the maximum allowed as much as he possibly could <laughs> and he got five other folks to commit to donating the max <laughs> bull there you go so I I wish uh, I wish Jennifer Lewis the best of luck because yeah good lad is not a very good person no. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the the questions that were posed, but he focused on a few few text messages saying he was specifically about uh, when Strzok said that he could, when he traveled down to Virginia, he could smell the Trump in the air. <laughs> and this apparently got good luck all riled up because he had to question him about, what do you mean? What exactly could you smell? And Strzok kept saying <laughs> that it's just a a phrase it's just a phrase you use i didn't actually smell anything sir <laughs> <laughs> is she the one that uh, you know accused him of being um untrustworthy because he had an affair no that was Gowdy uh, was all over that oh it was Gowdy, no that's... no there was no there was one that went really crazy i think it was uh was that gomer louis gomer oh that could be where he's like i see you sitting there with that smile you smile like that in front of your wife when you were texting this woman <laughs> That's right. Is it Gomer or was it? It might have been Trey Gowdy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It, no, no, no. It was, it was not Trey Gowdy. Okay, Gomer then. Okay. If those are our only two <laughs> options, I can tell you confidently it was not Trey Gowdy. Okay. So, I, is this did we mention this already? The Florida candidate, uh, she's trying to. Uh, what was she going to run for? Is the state house? And <laughs> apparently, there was a story put out. FLA News. Uh, put out a story saying that she did not have a diploma from where she said she had a diploma from, Ohio's uh, Miami University. So she, to prove them wrong, she flew back home and dug up her diploma and took a picture with it. And the FLA News immediately pulled back a story, put up a correction, and uh, then days later took down the correction and put up more information saying, that's a fake diploma. We did some research, and those people would not have signed that diploma. That person wasn't in charge of that department at the time you supposedly graduated. Couldn't they have just called the school? They did. And the school said, she said she has a degree in marketing, and they said, that's not a thing. Mm. We don't give degrees in marketing. (laughs) Yeah, she is. uh, So this is blown up. I guess she is now pulled out of the race. Yes. How did she expect not to get caught? I don't know. I guess she's, she told so many people that she graduated and she walked. She did the, the graduation walk. But the thing is, that university allows you to walk even if you don't have your diploma yet. Um, so she has pictures of herself in the cap and gown at Ohio, uh, you know, Miami University. But yeah, apparently she didn't actually get a degree. So she actually went to the school. Yes. She did go to the school. Well, she went to the school. She She... She put on a cap and gown and, and walked during the ceremonies, even though she wasn't receiving a diploma. She 
made up her own diploma in a you know in a frame and everything and pretended <laughs> for years that she had graduated from this school so she was all in at this point so this is weird so she <laughs> must have been close to graduating yes and just she, didn't right apparently she was very close to graduating she was one credit short she attended from 1990 to 1994 but did not obtain the degree because she was one credit short in 94 she says she then completed the requirements and graduated in 1996 and the school said no you didn't mm. i mean that's Take bowling, for Christ's sake. That's one credit. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I'm assuming that it's it was a required credit, like a, you know, part of her major credit. I'm, but. I'm guessing probably that her uh, her GPA wasn't high enough to graduate, actually. Because one credit, there's, there's no required class. It's just one credit. Sure. So, yeah, probably did not score enough in order to get, you know, the credits that she needed. Right. So it's just one credit course, but she would actually have to take, you know, 10 because she needed to get her GPA up in order to graduate. That's my mm. guess. It doesn't so it that, doesn't say that in the but in the article, but yeah, one credit is kind of odd. Right. And there's no way that anybody can get her grades. You can subpoena all you like that is covered under her FERPA. So, okay. So, and what was she running for again? Uh the state house. All right. And she thought hmm. that this would never get looked up or anything like that. Like uh, that's how dumb she is. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'll just slide right in. No one's going to look this shit up. It's like putting it on a resume, right? Nobody actually calls, right? <laughs> <laughs> Often enough, they don't. Yeah. Let me guess. Republican? <laughs> I assume. Um, yes. Republican. Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> That's okay. This is another story from Florida here. A mayor in Florida has decided that things are bad all over the world, and he's going to address it. By uh, and he's the mayor of uh, Kissimmee in Florida. He's going to address it by calling for forty days of fasting and prayer. Ah, do it. Wait. Do it, brother. He's doing Ramadan. <laughs> Is Ramadan forty days? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they can eat at night on Ramadan. Yeah, right. Can eat at yeah. Night. Yeah. Well, maybe he's that's. Not- He's not talking about 40 days with no food, is he? That's not healthy. <laughs> not only not, that's dangerous. That's downright yeah. no. That's and actually, the proclamation, it calls for uh, 40 days of celebration of life, love, and family. Nowhere on it does it mention fasting, because I think when he started to do this, he got a lot of kickback, and they, they were like, no, you, you, can't, you can't really do that. <laughs> so it does mention prayer. But it doesn't mention fasting in, in the actual uh, proclamation. Hmm. But publicly, he previously did say prayer and fasting. Solve all the problems. Do it. I'm sure it will work. Well, he's asking everybody else to do it as well, not just him. Okay, so everybody else should do it with him as well. They should all do it. <laughs> and after the 40 days, I'm sure all our problems will be solved. Yeah, he <laughs> included in the displacement of families and things going on around the world. He also says it'll fix the hurricanes. So, mm. you know. Yes. I bet you after 40 days, Space Force will be ready and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Space Force. <laughs> all right. That is the, all that I have in the state news. Uh, National Department of Labor uh, came into my news feed this week. They have now joined the different departments on religious freedom. Oh. They, yeah. On Friday, they issued a directive that makes it easier for federal contractors to claim their religious beliefs as a defense in discriminating against LGBTQ 
employees. Sounds like I've heard this story already. (laughs) (laughs) You have. It just wasn't the Department of Labor. (laughs) Okay. I I mean, maybe it was a state thing. I don't know. But I just keep hearing like, hey, guess what? If you're gay, (laughs) you can get fired for no reason. Right. Well, except the reason being that you're gay. And this. So I feel like we led this show with a story about Catholic priests who have spent decades raping thousands upon thousands of children. And their primary concern is the gays. Yeah. Gotta discriminate against the gays. Those monsters (laughs) are cutting into our child raping time. (laughs) Oh, that was so long ago, Ian. I don't even remember talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) So this this directive in the Department of Labor specifically, it doesn't actually allow discrimination. It just says uh, you should give them a little bit of leniency when it comes to whether or not they they if they have a religious belief that caused them to you know fire someone or turn down an applicant who happened to be lgbtq as long as you had a religious belief you should give them more leniency because you know that's their religious belief and you can't you can't mess with their religious belief no matter how bad it screws over somebody else's life and they use the US Supreme Court decision in the masterpiece cake shop <laughs> to help justify it <laughs> which had Nothing to do with actually the merits of the case, but was a procedural decision. Yep. But it's mentioned anyway. Yeah. No slippery slope. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're already down that slope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, except that there's actually not been any removal of rights from people in the LGBT community. So, except that somehow the decisions that have not been made actually do affect their rights. (laughs) Pretty amazing. All right, that's all I have on that. So let's move on to uh, the the thing that I said we were going to talk about. This all wraps in together. Um, If you're not aware of it, uh, Devin Nunes, uh, there's a recording of him now saying that uh, Uh, they can't can't impeach Rosenstein (laughs) without risking Kavanaugh's nomination. They would have already impeached Rosenstein, except they don't want it to interfere with their Supreme Court nomination, which I'm pretty sure is headed south anyway. But They tried to do the impeachment. Or they put in the paperwork for it. Not Nunes. Some other Republican congressman did. Right. Right. But it doesn't... You still need a... a, uh, There's like a big majority you need to to have that done. Right. So... But but that's not his point. His point is, if we start going down that road, we won't have time to nominate Kavanaugh because the Democrats are going to take over and then we won't be able to get Kavanaugh in. So we have to do Kavanaugh first and then try to get Rosenstein later if we don't lose the House. The important thing to to catch on this is that in his conversation, he's talking about removing Rosenstein and getting Kavanaugh in so that they can keep Trump in office. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't at no point does he even consider whether anything is going to come of Mueller's report. It's not even a question. It doesn't matter at all if anybody did anything wrong. It only matters if the Republicans can keep themselves in charge. I mean, this isn't shocking to anybody, right? No. It's shocking, okay. no. I, it's, it's just, we got him on tape and that's cool. It's but a, I was like, this is exactly what I thought was going on. Right. It's reaffirming what yeah. we thought no. was actually happening. It's still, and guess what's going to come out of it? Nothing. Nothing. It still brings me around to the same question again, though, of what what will be the thing that pushes them over the edge when they don't support him anymore? Nothing. What? Don't support Trump? Yes. There's no edge. None. No, None. I don't think Unlimited. so either anymore. I don't think so anymore either. And just to back that up, 
Let's go on to the next uh, news story, which is mm-hmm. on the Washington Post. There was a meeting during 2016, and this was right around the time that Trump got the nomination, a little before maybe. There was a conversation with Kevin McCarthy, uh, who was the House Majority Leader at the time. Uh, Paul Ryan was there. Who else was there? Some high up Republicans in any case. And there was a discussion about the fact that, that, that Putin was being involved in the Republican Party. And this is the House Majority Leader at the time said, I think there's two people that Putin pays, Rohrabacher and Trump. And remember, this is when Trump was still running. And, and this was on recording. So <laughs> he said, I think Trump is, pay, or is being paid by Putin. When he says this, okay. <laughs> when he says this, there's some controlled laughter in the room. McCarthy, however, after the laughter, McCarthy quickly added, swear to God. Like he said, Putin pays Trump, swear to God. And Paul Ryan immediately interjected. He stopped the conversation mm. and uh, he said, now we're not, we're not, no leaks from here. Nobody's going to say anything about this, right? No leaks. Nope. This is how we know we're a real family here. And somebody else spoke up and said that, you know, that's the good thing about the family is, is nobody, nobody's going to, mm. uh, nobody's going to leak what was just said. And then they chuckled a little bit. And then they said, yeah, no leaking of this. We can't talk about this to anyone. This is now all on tape. So mm. if you expect any high up Republican to take any step against Trump, they already know. They already know that there was a possibility that Trump was in Putin's pocket. And they've already been sworn to silence. Cool with it. Hmm. Right. Wow. Every once in a while, I get completely overwhelmed by the just the, the chaos and the noise. And I forget how truly corrupt this has been from the very beginning. And, and it's uh, all about money. It is all about money. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all about money and power. Yeah. There, because they don't care about any of the things that they're talking about. No. They don't care about the morals. They don't care about the the patriotism. They don't care about any of it. It's just about money and power. I mean, when you when you say is there is there a breaking point, mm. and and you can eliminate all the like the racism, the misogyny, all that, all that, the sh- all that the, the 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 porn stars, the making yep. fun of journalists, the fucking gold star family that he threw under the bus, <laughs> the judge, all that shit, right? I mean, they caught him in a straight-up fucking lie when he was talking about dictating that letter for Don Jr. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, and everyone's just like, okay, yeah, president fucking lied. Again. And, like, even even the media's not really jumping on it that much. Well, there's just so much. And he's dangling out all this other crap currently. I think Amorosa, oh, good lord, what a disaster that is. Nope. (laughs) Not even a, nope, she was... This is all intentional. She she's just another distraction. Yep. Well, you think this was put out by Trump? Uh, again, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the the family <laughs> to help divert attention. Not Trump. I am I am comfortable in the belief that Trump is kind of adult. <laughs> kind of. Right. Like I don't I don't think he's orchestrating things, but I think you know there there are obvious people. Keeping him in power so that they can continue to to profit right. from his. But you think that this Omarosa thing is something that was orchestrated? Yeah, uh, that is the most likely scenario. Best case scenario, nothing comes of anything she says. Mm. Oh my god! Most likely scenario, if I could disagree with you for one second and then get a lashing from you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think most likely scenario, 
is that Trump surrounds himself with amoral people, mm. criminals, scumbags, right? And Omarosa got cut off from the gravy chain for whatever crazy shit she was doing in the White House. I heard she was trying to get her weddings photos there. Nobody knew exactly what she was doing. She was sitting in on meetings and shit and taking notes. And everyone's like, what do you do? And then Kelly fired her. And and Trump probably knew about it and pretended that he didn't. And was like, oh, what can I do? You know, sorry. And she's like, fuck this shit. I'm a scumbag just like Michael Cohen and everybody else. I have recordings. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get on TV shows and I'm going to make a buck. And get in the limelight. That's what I think happened. Sure. That yeah. And I think that in four or five days, we will never hear about it again. <laughs> yes. She all right, that is probably true. She will go the way of uh I don't know, who was the other version of her who wrote the Fire and Fury? Wolf. Yeah. I can't even remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are four or five days later. <laughs> something, something, something wolf, yeah. The only um, difference is, and I think Ray or Karen brought this up earlier, is that she actually has some tapes. Mm. But again, at two out of the three tapes that I've heard, I didn't hear anything that damning. I heard General Kelly fire her. Okay. It's more important is how does she get a recording device into the situation room? It's supposed to be the most secure room in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Um, you actually have to drop your phone in a box or something like that before you go in there. So that's well, if disturbing. You're there on, if you're there on official business, if they just ducked in there to have a conversation. Maybe. I, who knows? Yeah. The second one was Trump being like, oh, man, I'm sorry you're fired. And the third one is them mm. talking about him saying the, the N-word. And uh, a few of his pundits being like, yeah, he totally said it. You know, how do we spin this and blah, blah, blah. And that's, again, nothing we learned new. Right. That third one was only interesting because the day prior that the woman who was on the tapes was on Fox News saying Mm -hmm. that she absolutely made that up. It's 100% false. It sounds like she's writing a script for a movie. And then a day later, they played (laughs) the tapes of that woman going... Yeah, he totally said it. <laughs> yeah. And now she's saying that's not what I meant. But again, that's a liar and an amoral person, so I suspect that. The only difference between those tapes and this is that supposedly she had spoken to Mueller about something, mm. and she said that she's willing to talk to him again. Yeah, but she's a completely unreliable witness. I mean, I get that, but I mean, other than the, if you're Mueller, you're take? probably still going to be like, all right, come, come by. Let's see what you have to say. So... Hold on, let me look and see where we are in the story lineup before I interject <laughs> something that I also need to know about now. Um, how how much does he, like how much was he involved in? Uh, again, obviously not directly because you know he does not proceed, he does not preside over the FBI, but you know surely he knows people who do and has influence in in a lot of places. How important was it for him to have that FBI agent fired? for doing nothing new hmm. that he was found totally innocent of it, like is it is it that important that there's absolutely no sign of impropriety in the investigation because he's got a bomb or because I, he's got nothing i don't know uh, you know much about Mueller that before him getting into the news for this but my understanding is that he is a person of 100% integrity and even if there is a hint of not Having integrity, he wants to root it out immediately. That would okay. be, I mean, he was removed from from the investigation as soon as the mm. the the hint was there. Right. So, right. and I, that's understandable. Now, but yeah. but Mueller didn't have him fired though. The the correct the FBI did. So he had gone back to the general population of the FBI at that point. I, that's the I, thing I, I don't understand. That's, Why I was, tried to to lead with that. Yeah. I knew he could not fire him. I am suggesting that Trump Mueller. Is capable of asking hmm. 
the head of the FBI, you know, not Jeff Sessions, obviously, but, <laughs> you know, someone someone capable and responsible to please let that guy go because we need to have no sense of impropriety because I've got a lot. Or, yeah, but doesn't that make it look worse? Or it is a, well, if we fire struck, it will make Trump temporarily happy, placated, distracted for a little while, and we can continue our work. Doubtful. Trump does not need to be happy or placated. He's <laughs> screaming at Omarosa. He's having crazy meltdowns all the time. That guy, I feel like they want that. I feel like he's got to be making it. Again, this is where I live in a, a world of, of logic and reason, <laughs> which I realize I'm wrong coming from that angle. But I mean, I, I mean, even on a very basic level, if Mueller had nothing and there was no collusion... Trump should be able to just ignore him. Right. True. Just ignore him. <laughs> and he, Don't worry. He's, th- he's got nothing. But he can't, which means... He cannot, because that can't be the case. Right. Oh, he's... Oh, please. He's guilty as fuck, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, but Only a guilty man acts this way. But again, I don't see how firing struck helps him in any way. Mm. It just feeds into to Trump saying, see, he is a liar. He is a bad person. He, that's why they fired him. So everything he said, which wasn't really anything, all he did was defend himself. It's not like he had any dirt on Trump. Right, right, but that's that's the next step you have to take to placate the Trump style masses. You can't just apologize on behalf of Starbucks. You have to fire that manager. <laughs> True, and Trump has taken it to that step already. He said, "Now the truck is fired. He started it. He was in charge of the whole thing. Can we just end it now?" Except that he was yeah, remember, never in charge of it. Oh, I'm aware of well, that. Well, no, but they <laughs> no, but because remember what they're saying was is that Struck is part of some deep state. Right conspiracy to take him out. So, I don't know. Again, I don't even know what he was fired for. No, that's true. Maybe there might be a morals clause. The fact that he had an affair with a a co-worker might be enough to fire him. Who knows? I I mean, they kept him on long enough afterwards. Yeah, well, but they have to they have to go through and do due diligence and collect evidence. Wasn't the official review just completed recently? I, I mean, oh, is that what it was? I think so. And the review came back and said that he should be suspended for some time without pay and uh, like sixty days or something. Like that's what the review came back with. And I don't, I don't have the details in front of me. But then they they looked at the review and said, "Oh, so you think he should be suspended? Okay, well, how about we just okay. fire him?" Hmm. And I don't know who made that decision. I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning, total reasoning was. But again, he has a lot of clearance, and there are a lot of requirements. For, you know, personal integrity. Yes, there are. And he he broke some of them. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Well, he bent them strongly. Yes. Well, he had an affair and he used company-issued devices to text his girlfriend. There's there's lines crossed there. (laughs) True. So, I don't know. Your guys' ability... Your guys' ability to nitpick this guy's alleged impropriety... Overall, what's going on, it's blowing my mind, but continue. <laughs> well, no, I think that you have to be held to a higher standard when you're trusted with the kind of secrets that he's entrusted with. But he's allowed to have a personal life, right? Yes, and he's allowed to have a personal life, but he should not have a relationship with a coworker, and he shouldn't be using office-provided devices to further that. I, I, there's a limit. There is a 
cabal of Republicans <laughs> operating in the open, recording themselves and leaking it, saying they are running the show in the background and no one can stop them. And you're worried about text that this guy might have sent to his fucking girlfriend? Well, that's a good point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, I knew where Ian was going with that. <laughs> that guy does sound like a monster. Get no, rid of I'm him. I'm not saying he's a monster. He's, he's right up there with he's right up there with Al Franken. Piece of shit. No, I, I think probably the the what the review committee said was probably the appropriate thing was that you, you, you know you, you fucked up but you're not going to lose your job and your career out of, over it you're going to get 60 days unpaid and a slap on the wrist and that'll be the end of it that was appropriate firing no uh that you know no unless it was you know a pattern of behavior and there was more than we than we know about but sure I don't, yeah you're, but you're right yeah but yeah you, you you can't I don't know. It's the whole you, they go low, we go high thing. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it exactly. Work at all. <laughs> all right. On that note, yes. I have yeah. I have one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and we're getting late. Mm. Paul Manafort. They uh, <laughs> the defense rested today without doing anything. So we're on yep. like day eleven, and it came to the point where the defense should call their first witness, and they said, "Nah." That's good. We're done. How about we just file a uh, file a motion saying that uh, the prosecutor didn't provide enough evidence, uh, which defense attorneys do that all the time. Judges regularly say, no, that's silly. Of course they did. Uh, and they dismissed that motion, which they did in this case. And then the defense was like, all right, well, we're done. That's all we got. Does anybody have any theories as to what they're planning as to well, why the defense would not mount, you know, a defense? Jared, do you want do you want to re-earn those five dollars? <laughs> oh, what's oh we got a bet? What's going on? Hello? Pardon? Walks one hundred percent. Not guilty on all charges. You think? Guarantee. Oh. It's now, a, this is in front of a jury. Assuming. What? This is in front of a jury. Yeah, that's why. All it takes is one dum dum. <laughs> well, I will give you um a hung jury. Yeah. That's that's fine. A hung jury, yes. I think that's a distinct possibility. You got one Trumpster in there and you're doomed. Yep. But I don't think you'll, they'll find him not guilty. There will be a hung jury, if anything. I, I think he's going to be guilty. I think that the, the evidence was overwhelming. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're yeah, ruining Ian's bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, will, I'm willing to, to put that back out there. Hmm. I am I'm, willing. To, I'm a little trepidatious to make that bet because I don't understand why they didn't. They didn't do any defense. They didn't call one witness. No, well, only, the only witness they really could have called, I think the, the prosecution had all the witnesses. The only person they could have called would be Manafort. And that would have been a disaster because then he would have been cross-examined. And he's so arrogant that he would have said, what? I'm the 1%. I'm allowed to do this. And the jury what would have What scares gone. me is that they say that this judge is very Republican. <laughs> he is. Yeah. His ruling on a few of the objections were, yeah, he is shocking. definitely yeah. Republican. Yeah, the judge is on Manafort's side. Yep. There's no. I don't know. And this is this is this is a state case, right? It's not a federal case. No, it's federal. Oh, it is federal. Yes. So that's the so other. So he play. can get pardoned for this. Yes. Which I think is what Manafort is banking on, but uh, I don't know. <sighs> no way. I'm not taking that bet, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, I think that he's going to be found guilty, and I think he's going to immediately appeal and get out of jail while he's on appeal. Or he's going to try to do that anyway. He spent the last X number of days in jail because he was trying to sway witnesses. But he'll appeal and get out on bail. But he has another trial in September. He does. Yeah. Done in D.C. Is that a state one? Nope. Done in D.C. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't state 
prosecution attorney generals and such waiting in the wings going, <laughs> go ahead, Trump, <laughs> try it. And they'll call more charge because I'm sure that he has been breaking laws up and down the coast. Now, it very, here's my theory. My theory is that they didn't do anything in this trial because he expects to be found guilty. Mm. But he also didn't want to talk because anything that he says in this trial can be used in the next trial in September. And the next trial is the one that's important because it's about foreign lobbying violations. It's about uh, violating, you know, major rules in this country. Not just financial fraud. Right. This is just bank fraud, and which is bad. It's really bad. But it's not as bad as what September is going to be. So, won't send you, this won't send you to Leavenworth that well. <laughs> my, my guess is he takes the guilty here. In September, when that starts, they fight as hard as they can, maybe get through that, and gets a pardon for the financial stuff. Hmm. Because when it comes back to Trump and it's just about money, Trump can go, yeah, it's just financing. He was treated unfairly. Yeah. Right. That would be my guess. And this again, this is why... The other reports need to come out. <laughs> Mueller needs to, and, and I don't know what Mueller's strategy is. I, I you know, obviously I have no idea, mm. but whether something's going to come out about the Trump campaign before the election, whether he's going to hold off until after the election in November, I don't know. Yeah, I think once he, once he gets, I wonder if Trump thinks once he gets past the 2018, um, he can just pardon whoever he wants and it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, he wants a second term, but I think he's probably realistic and – well, no, he's not. He's not I'm not, not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> Never mind. I'll take it back. Okay. <laughs> he thinks he's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? He's your favorite president. <laughs> <laughs> Trump Jr. posted something on his Twitter that said that you know he had 50 percent uh, support from the American population, except if you looked at it carefully, it was a really bad Photoshop. <laughs> it actually said 40 percent. Which is still shocking, but yeah. Actually, he just dipped below forty today. Mm, not damn time. It's Thanks still, to Amarosa. Yeah, it still terrifies me that there are still you know some roughly forty percent of the population that are like, yeah, Trump rules. Yeah. Really? The only thing I just wanted to say this real quick. The only thing on the Amarosa bit, the only thing that I am hoping comes about is that eventually the the tape where he did say the N word gets out. And because the way that it was has been talked about, I'm pretty sure that it was used in a way that they couldn't just say, well, you know, if you take that out of context, maybe it's racist. I'm pretty sure it was a completely racist statement. And the only thing that I'm looking forward to that for, it's not because that'll do anything to Trump, but mm-hmm. it'll shut up all of the pundits who are currently like, if you say Trump is a racist, you're just, you know, in the Trump hysteria and we can't listen to anything that you say anymore. I want those people to shut the fuck up because yeah. he is racist. He is a bigot. He's a misogynist. It's quite clear. And I, I'm tired of hearing that argument. Yeah. Anyway. If you, want, if you, you want to make the other economic or whatever other arguments you want to make, but stop this one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all I have. Uh, does anybody have anything else they want to talk about? Nope. No. I'm satisfied. Thank you. I'm I think, just exhausted. I think, uh, I think Jared's <laughs> ready to go play video games. <laughs> 
All right, that's all we've got for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by sharing it on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Uh, again, if you'd like to contact us, facebook.com slash profanearg, or you can tweet at profanearg. I might see that. Uh, also, check out other shows on the soon-to-be-named network. If you need a uh, podcast to fill your commute time, soon-to-be-named-network.com is the place to take a look. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night. And may your God go with you. <laughs>